Mona, um, let's get started. And uh, first of all, thank you for taking the time to be with me here today. I, you're such you a magical person. You don't need me to be your guinea pig. <laughs> no, you're such a magical person and your energy exudes. And, um, you know, I do know, you know that I use your uh, services. And, um, you know, it's so funny. We're here at graduation se season. In fact, I have my senior graduating. And mwah, thank you to what you've done and helped her really achieve excellence. And I have to tell you, Mona, not only did she achieve excellence, um, it was the ownership that went with it. Oh. Yeah, really cool. Yeah. <laughs> she worked hard, she earned it. She worked very, very, it was a process for sure. Yeah, she did, she did, she did. So anyhow, but sometimes people wanna say, oh, it's vacation time, I'm done, whatever it is. Um, talk to me a little bit about a, what you do, why you think the summer is best. Um, give us some of your background and, and maybe start with how you started Tutor Me SOS. Okay, so I've always worked in education. I always love teaching. I have, I've always realized that um, in one way or another, uh, whatever I'm doing, I just love and I get some sort of uh, satisfaction to explain things to people. Uh, it started with little things. I was a trainer for products uh, at a company and that I was the trainer. So I used to explain things to people and it was just very satisfying. Um, but then I went into working at a college and I worked there for seven years doing, I started as a tutor. Then I was substitute teaching at the college. Um, even though I didn't have my degree yet, but teachers saw something in me that I can communicate and explain things to others. And I was asked to, um, to take on some classes. Then I did, um, I worked there for seven years. I did different things. Uh, I worked on many different programs, but I had um, very strong interaction with students, um, you know, on programs like Gear Up and Bridges, uh, where basically we bridge students from high school to uh, give them an experience in college. I loved it. I loved to see, uh, I love to be the person who uh, was involved into giving an opportunity to first um, uh, generation students um, having an opportunity to go to college and to see what it's like. Um, I saw the parents, how grateful they are and how much they push them to see that in their children and they don't want their children to go through what they went through. So that was incredibly satisfying. I worked there for seven years, then I got a job at a different company similar to mine, tutoring center. And I worked there for three years. I loved it, I learned a lot. Uh, and unfortunately uh, it ended um, and I had no job. So I had, I was kind of forced to do something. Uh, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a parent, um, I have a son, so I had to earn a paycheck. So I was, um, you know, I had to work. So. I didn't have much time to go and look for different jobs. I had to do something and I had an opportunity. I had a lot of people believing in me and they, I had a lot of customers at the time who uh, supported me and helped me to start my own business. And it didn't take much. In two months, I had it all uh, figured out and I found a place, a very tiny place and I started my own business. Um, and it took off very quickly. Um, people saw I have a lot of passion for students. I love what I do. 
Uh, I am good at it because I'm, I am that student who struggled and I'm that student who needed support. So I kind of learned and developed ways uh, to help myself. And that's what uh, I pass on to the students. I can figure out why they're struggling and I can show them different resources. Literally, that's all what it's about. And uh, then you get the results. And, you know, that's my drive without a doubt. Well, I'll tell you from my own personal experience with you that um, I did have a kid who was struggling. We, because of some of the work we did, we were able to say, hey, there might be an opportunity here. And we did discover that there was an issue with one thing, which is great. And it was missed all along. And uh, I appreciate that with you. I also heard in there, Mona, that um, it's daunting, right? Somebody loses a job, but they change careers. Um, I'm sure you went through some of that fear factor of what happened, but I also think that so many times when things like that happen, it opens so many doors. Like the initial shock is like, <gasps> okay, now let's reset. It's a perfect time to recenter and redo. And you didn't go in to become a one arm paper hanger. You went on to create this beautiful team that you've done. So um, let's talk a little bit about your success, not as a solopreneur, meaning only you, but you're now an entrepreneur who is employing several people. And many of them have been with you for several years now. So talk to me about some of your, is there one tool that you would say was really great and we, it, it like revolutionized it? Or is it just a, a group beyond just your power of positivity? Because you are amazing when it comes to that. Uh, How do you work with your team? What made uh, okay. you, you know, okay. what's your secret sauce to making you such a powerhouse and successful in, in the niche market that you have? I mean, you really, you're the one. It's great. You do a great job. Thank you. Uh, it's not really me. It's really the people that work with me. Um, my, the, I have about 20 tutors on staff. Um, several of them have been with me 10 years from the get-go, even before I started my company. They were my employees from before when, when I had to open my own, then they followed me. I am very picky on who I, I pick. Uh, I don't, uh, the people that I hire, it starts with the hiring process. So when I hire someone, I want to be able to see in them what I have, which is the passion to teach. And it's very easy to see it uh, during the interview. When you have someone who wants to tell you how they help other people, you know that this person might potentially have what it takes. Uh, they talk about the experiences they have, how they behave, how they, um, their work ethics and they give you examples. Then we go through an incredibly difficult uh, training process. And if they last through that, then I know they're the right people for the job uh, because they tough. I'm a very difficult person because my standards are very high. But once you pass all of that, then I back off and I let you do what you want because now I trust you and I know that you're, you're gonna be okay and do things right. Um, working with children is, is incredibly, difficult as a job because it's a huge responsibility. So uh, I have to pick the right people and I have to develop a sort of trust uh, in order for me to be able to step away even for a minute. Otherwise I have to be here 24 seven. So the people that I work uh, are kind people, amazing people, we work well together. I, am not, I don't micromanage my tutors, but I make it very clear what the expectations are. And then I back off and I let them be. They, they, when you have the right people for the job and you back off and you let them do their work uh, and you are respectful, kind and appreciate them, then 
they are very motivated to deliver the results. And we already established from the hiring process that those people are here, not for the pay. They are here because they love to make a difference in the kids' um, lives and for the results. They work so hard. I have tutors who stay extra times without me asking just so that because they felt that this student could benefit from specific material and they start looking for it. Those uh, tutors are very, very difficult to find. Uh, it takes me a long time. Like right now I'm looking to hire and it, I go through probably a hundred, maybe interview for me to hire one person. This is how difficult it is. And a lot of them during the interview, they get up and leave because they know my standards are just too much to bear. But once we establish that, then I'm incredibly good to my employees. I treat them like family. And that's why they last. Uh, we have an incredible respect for one another. I, I know they're smarter than me. I'll never be close to how bright my tutors are. So I don't interfere in their work. I don't micromanage. I just let them be, I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, grand. So it sounds to me, if I come away from that, that um, part of the real magic is being, uh, you know, I, I, the word I've heard is um, hire slow and fire fast. And what I mean by that is you take the time to onboard the right person. And if it's not, don't wait. Correct. And, and there is, many, I give myself many opportunities to catch if it's really, uh, if, I'm, if I made a mistake, like I hire them, then they go through training while I'm observing them. Then they observe other tutors. Then I offer, when you see those free tutoring uh, hours to, to the students, they can come in, walk in for free. That's because I have a new tutor and I just want to observe without costing my students anything, but I just want to be able to see my tutor's interaction. And if I see anything I don't like, it would end there uh, because then they're under the microscope. But then once they you know, get through that, then I feel comfortable after like 50 hours of tutoring or so, uh, that it's offered and I've observed, then I'm comfortable to say, okay, you got this. So, grand, grand. I actually so, have a deep dive question go in there. Um, so, as you're uh, kind of looking at these different tutors and everything, what is something that you've seen where a lot of tutors kind of fall off at a particular point? You have a strict process. Where's the point where tutors don't really make it past? You know, what is something that you really look for that's a super deal breaker that a lot of tutors don't have that you're really looking for? It starts with uh, very basic things as being on time. If they're late once, there will be no second time. That's my pet peeve. <laughs> It sounds ridiculous, but to me, it's so important. Um, how they handle themselves, how they speak, how they even look at, at students uh, with kindness, how they smile, are they grumpy, uh, manners. Um, I see them, there are a lot of kids when I ask them, for example, to help a student, how they talk to them, how uh, it's the body language is so critical, like, you know, to see how they react, if they truly care, if they're genuine or not. And this is very easy for me to, to see. Um, uh, you know, even if I'm not close by, I can, you know, you, you can tell if the student care. Then you have the content aspect of it. Um, you know, is the tutor comfortable to say, you know, give me a moment, moment, let me figure it out, or are they going to make up an answer? Uh, how much, uh, you know, how responsible are they to say, okay, 
uh, I'm going to look into it instead of, uh, and I, uh, instead of just making up a quick answer and it's false. Because uh, it does happen. We're human. We make mistakes. Sometimes, you know, people, like I speak another language and people say, well, what does this mean in French or something? And I'm like, I need a second, you know? So it doesn't mean I don't know it. I just need to think. So it's okay to tell the student, let me, give me a moment, uh, you know, versus to just make something up. And so, so those are things, but believe it or not, they're, they're common, like people make these mistakes and the way they speak or um, uh, the, they handle themselves, how they sit on the chair, <laughs> very basic things. But to me, it says a lot how you handle yourself because I'm not in a normal set, setting. I'm with the setting, we are mentors for kids. We are examples for children. I cannot have someone who doesn't handle themselves properly, speak properly, be, be careful with the language. Um, you, there are many words that you may think they're, it's okay to say them, I don't. We have to be careful how we speak, what we say. Uh, so, you know, working with kids is, is like I said, the big responsibility. So, um, unfortunately, when I even decide to hire someone, Maybe out of five people, there's always two that go before the hiring process is finished. So it's pretty bad. <laughs> okay. But I would but rather I early in the process than later. <laughs> the resounding power of positivity in the group that you work with too. It, and you know, you're, you're having kids coming in because perhaps they're struggling and it's important to be around somebody who's encouraging them. So really it's great. So, um, Mona, what is one of your favorite productivity hacks or is there some sort of tool that you find invaluable that you couldn't live without? A tool, you mean for work? Yeah, for life, whatever it might be. You're a working mother, so am I. <laughs> we get it. Uh, a tool. It's sad to say about my phone because I manage everything on my calendar. So on my phone, uh, it's really my calendar that I cannot, it's one tool that helps me stay organized. As you can imagine, we have over 700 students here at the tutoring center. I uh, work with, personally, I know them all. Uh, I meet with them regularly sometimes. Uh, I have, I work with the schools. I do presentations in the schools. I have doctor's appointments too, and I have my son, and I have a lot of personal and everything else. So my calendar on my phone keeps me super organized. So this that often people ask me, how do you do it? It's my calendar. Great, so time management and- Time management, yeah. Time management going great, fabulous. That's fabulous. Great. Um, I have, what is the greatest, or maybe I shouldn't say greatest, what is an insult that you have received they were actually proud of? I can't think of an insult. Um, you never take it that way anyhow. You always think it's positive. That, that's, that's what I was going to say. I'm sure some people uh, say things to me. There is a problem with sometimes me. Uh, like I get it later perhaps. But in, in the moment, I, I cannot. I have a problem thinking that the person's trying to hurt my feelings. Uh, or intentionally say something bad to me. So I, when people say something, even if it has, if it meant maybe perhaps to be bad, 
somehow I don't get it. I don't know why. Because <laughs> I, you know, oh, you're always so busy. Yes, because I've a lot to do. I want to help people. I'm enjoying it, you know, or, or uh, you know, you're always so positive. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, it's true, but I don't know why. Like I think I've always been like this since I was little. Actually, my, my siblings used to make fun of me because of that, because I don't get it quickly. Uh, but it doesn't bother me. Like I'm, no. I'm uh, I don't know. I just keep going, and I think it's funny that they think it's I'm different, you know, but that's about it. And listen, uh, as my father would say, if it was easy, we'd all be doing it. And if it was the same, we'd all be boring. So bring it on. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Bring it it, I might overthink it later, like, you know, but then I'm like, nah, I don't think that's what they meant, but probably that's what they meant. It's just, I, it's, I think, a way uh, of me uh, dealing with things so I don't get overwhelmed or anxious or upset. Maybe I pretend that I don't know, <laughs> or maybe I'm just that simple. <laughs> no. Great. Well, whatever simplicity you want to call it it's working darling so just saying <laughs> um all right so uh, a couple other questions for you um if you could go back and give your 18 year old self a piece of advice what would it be uh, uh when i was 18 i i struggled in school so when i went to college uh i was not focused and uh, I didn't know who to go to for help. I didn't know who to ask or anything. I just dropped out completely in college after the first like semester. And um, so my, the advice to myself, may, I, I regret not having tried harder or looked for resources more so that they, I could uh, continue my education sooner because I didn't go back to college till I was 28. So that's 10 years later. And that's, um, the, it took a lot for me to go back. But when I went back, there was no stopping. But it, I, I feel like I did waste 10 years. And sometimes I wonder if I had graduated 10 years earlier, where would I have been? Uh, but I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna entertain that thought, uh, but- Looking for somebody else, Mona, instead of running your own shop. Are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know, it's, uh, it's weird that I struggled so much in school. Uh, and I remember I've taken all the classes and I got F's in all the classes. So it was shocking. Um, and then I moved to the States right after, uh, just so that I don't have to deal with it, you know, uh, but education was always important to me. I just was afraid to go back to school because, uh, you know, and then plus I didn't speak English at the time. Uh, so I couldn't even go to college right away. And so I waited a long time. And that's one of my regrets. I wish I pushed harder. Like, you know, it's interesting for me because I find young people in particular, and I think it sounds crazy, but I think becoming a mother, you like break so many barriers because you have no choice. You now have to advocate differently. Um, and, and I try and even with my own children, you know, or sending them off to college, whatever it might be, um, we're paying to go to that school, which means we're paying these people to help provide resources. But yeah, and I was like you, I was afraid to go and advocate for myself or, you know, what's the professor going to think? And bottom line is the professors want kids to be engaged. They want, 
I just went to on a uh, school tour with my daughter and the amount of resources that are available is just incredible. And if people just learn to ask for it, just take one step out of your comfort zone, in my opinion, it makes a big difference. I, I don't know how you feel about that. No, I agree 100%. That's what I'm talking about. If I had felt comfortable reaching out, I probably would have continued college, but I truly struggled. I, I have um, what many kids nowadays have. I have attention issues. I have anxiety, severe anxiety. I think that was my biggest problem. Um, so although I, I, I knew so much and I was able to teach all my friends on the exams, I would fail and they would get very high scores. So but I could not understand why, you know. I've done a lot of work with master coach Richard Dolan and he's incredible. And one of the things we talk about are the three keepers and the three keepers, Jeff is our keeper and Jeff stands for fear of judgment. Okay. Fear of debilitating fear itself and your ego. And um, one of those three tends to be one of the ones that holds you back. And so if we're not, it's funny to overcome that. Once you learn about them being in the background, it's funny for me how we deal with them differently. Some of them are good. Um, you know, should we drive on the right-hand side of the road? Sure. <laughs> but there's ones that hold us back too far that keep us from being the biggest self that we can be, I guess is the right word. So overcoming them makes a big difference so well done my dear well done thank you and uh i'm impressed because a your english is phenomenal and you definitely speak more languages than i do thank you no i still have it's uh, languages it, are very hard for me um and i only speak the languages i speak because i lived in those countries for a long time um but language is not something i learned very quickly uh, it's very difficult for me. Um, and I forget my words. <laughs> Certain days are worse than others. <laughs> but I get with one language. <laughs> I dabble into more, but. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, uh, I, I just can't seem to retain certain words or difficult words just because I haven't seen them enough. And I've been here 25 years in the US and there are words that I come across till today, every day, at least one that I have never heard, but it's fun. It's fun to learn. It is fun to learn. You know, it's, it's fun to learn. Um, I have a couple other questions for you. One is, is there any question that you wish I had asked and what would it be and what would you have answered? Uh, question. Um. What makes me happiest maybe here or what, how, how often do I work or how do I manage maybe work and home? All right. So I'll go ahead and lob those up if that works for you. And uh, okay. Uh, okay. So probably what's the most challenging um, thing in my job, it is managing family and work. And this is like, I've heard about it. Uh, a lot of women um, and any people in business, I mean, maybe more, more often women we hear about that they struggle, 
but this is a real thing. It's really incredibly difficult, especially in certain line of business where like mine, I cannot necessarily delegate everything. I have to be present, especially when there are results. I'm not selling a product that you just take home that you can put someone behind the counter that can just take it home. Um, um, basically what I offer is a service that parents uh, and students trust me and rely on us. I cannot, I have zero uh, opportunity to make a mistake. I can't. So, so then I have to be present here all the time. I have to be on top of it all the time. And to manage a home with a child uh, and work, the hours I work is incredibly difficult. So before I had my business, I always said, oh, it wasn't a big deal. I was a working mom. I could do this. I could do that. I could clean. I could cook. But having an own, your own business is a whole different thing, whole different thing. And no matter how people describe it, it is a lot more difficult than what you can. Uh, I don't know that it can be described how difficult it is. Um, so I agree wholeheartedly. It's funny, I, as I, I as a a working mother and an entrepreneur, business owner, I hear you loud and clear. It's like you know we have employees and they clock out and they're done. They don't have to worry about it. And they just walk in the next day, and our brains are constantly twenty four seven growing. And it's oh my gosh. Now, what about this employer? This one's calling in sick, and how do I manage that? And so our clients are still taken care of. And your business in particular, you're dealing with people who are in the after school hours, right? So you don't have the luxury of saying, hey, I'll just do what I need to do while my son's at school. You're really catering to the after school market. So you even have more time that you have to do there. So, um, you know, that makes a big difference there. I see that. And about uh, <laughs> that work-life balance. How were you able to figure that out? I know you manage your calendar extremely well. And if we're not careful, people will encroach on our time. So talk to me about how you've been able to manage that. Um, I do have an incredibly supportive husband, like, and a son who understands my business, who support me. And very often when I could not go home till super late, those days they would come and hang out with me at work so that we can spend some time together. Uh, there is definitely has been a sacrifice. Uh, it, nothing comes easy. Everything comes with, at a cost. Uh, it is a lifestyle I chose because I truly love my career. Uh, but I would be lying to sit here and to say uh, it was balanced. There's no balance in my life. Uh, it is definitely all work. Um, I work seven days, especially now. Um, it is incredibly difficult. My son works with me. He had other opportunities to work somewhere else. He's working with me to support me just so that to relieve me a little bit of the pressure that we have. Uh, and just so that we can spend time together, even as uh, simple as going to work and coming back home. This is a time that we spend sometimes together and we love it. Um, but you know, the family vacation is pretty absent. Uh, the family dinner sometimes is absent. Uh, a lot of things that some people may take for granted or not think how cool it is. I sometimes very often I don't have the opportunity to do it. Uh, it is incredibly difficult. Um, 
But again, I, I, it is the type of work I do. I cannot just turn my back. I can't yeah, because every student, every result matter. You miss one assignment. If we overlook anything, it could be this one test or paper or something, and that's an F or a low grade, and then it can affect the end result. So I have to be here. I have to pay attention to everything. And it's incredibly difficult to manage employees, despite the fact that I have probably the best employees, but it's still very difficult because they're also humans. They also have their own lives. They also sometimes get sick and they also have you know, personal emergencies. But then we have those students who have a test the very next day. So I have to be able to manage that. Uh, it has been miraculous that we've been able to manage it for so many years, uh, but I do have an amazing staff. Um, so yeah, it's very hard to balance. It's, uh, like I said, it's not even a word I can use. I, can, I cannot say I've balanced. I, I work. Your passion is very clear. Uh, as I'm listening to this, one of the things I hear is so as you mentioned, you might not have family dinners from time to time. Yet there's still a way to create that really close relationship with your family by working together, spending time together. So maybe it isn't always at the dinner table, but maybe it's commuting back and forth to work together. Or um, I, I know when kids are involved, no matter what it is, they say if your kids are cooking with you, they're more involved and they're more likely to eat, right? Your son's involved, they get to see and appreciate and watch. I think it's amazing and, and it was cute because uh, one of my daughters went not long ago, said, hey, mom, I'm gonna be like you one day. And I took that as a massive compliment. And I said, hey, you know what? I'm so proud of you, but I want you to be like you one day, you know, because it, they shouldn't be just us, they should be themselves. But I do think we're great examples for them. Um, you know, I mean, everything I do in any, every decision I make, and I do know that my son is watching. So uh, that's one thing I'm proud of that. I think I did, I worked very hard to set a very good example for him and to show him, I always tell him if I made it, <laughs> anybody can make it, but specifically him, he's very bright. And then, you know, I don't know. It's, Oh, very, very, very Amazing. So uh, one of the ways I know Mona does get out there, um, first of all, Mona, can you tell us our audience where to find you? What is it? Where to find you? Oh, um, so we are located at, at 123 High Ridge Road. Uh, we are right across from the old Lord and Taylor uh, on the third floor. We have a beautiful facility. Our phone number is 203-724-9200. And our website is uh, tutormesos.com. Um, we have Facebook page, tutormesos. I mean, yes, tutormesos or Mona Mitri. We post, I'm very active on social media, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, uh, Mona Mitri or tutormesos. Grand, grand. Um, any other parting words, thoughts, questions for us, Mona? Uh, I'm very grateful for the community in Stanford um, for allowing me 
to be here for so long, supporting me. Um, I made so many amazing friends, uh, including you, uh, Suzanne. Uh, thank you for all the opportunities I've had, uh, whether with the schools, with being on the governance councils, being on the board of directors for the Young Artists Philharmonic Orchestra here in Stanford and Greenwich. Uh, I am so grateful to have been part of this outstanding community. And although so many different towns uh, are asking me to open a second branch. Uh, and I was always close to do it, but at the end I back up, I'm like, no, I'm staying in Stanford and I just wanna put all my effort in Stanford. And I'm hoping that people will continue to come to us from all these surrounding areas, but I'm incredibly grateful and appreciate uh, all the support I've had from everyone, um, specifically the people in Stanford. Grant, um, one of the things I think you do phenomenally well is you, uh, people use the term pay it forward, but you're a giving person and you uh, give of your time. I know at the schools, just to talk about the whole college process and what happens with it. And this is unpaid for you. It's from the goodness of your heart. Of course, hopefully people recognize what you're doing and come visit you, but by giving to the community at large, it creates the opportunities for you to showcase what you do when you do so well. So well done on that one. Thank you. Uh, Mona, one of there's a couple other things real quick. Um, we talk about when all said and done, we talk about life is about the dash. It's what you've done from when you've started and when we finish on this earth. And so um, what do you believe will be one of your legacies within that dash that you live on this earth? Um help as much as possible because um, you can change people's lives. My life has been changed by amazing people around me. Uh, I think about that all the time. Uh, my dad always tells me, Mona, you have an army of angels that helped you. And I truly believe that's because, um, that's basically what allowed me to be here today. All the people, even tiny things. Uh, it doesn't have to be money. It doesn't have to be anything. It could be help. If someone needs help with maybe website or help you set up a Facebook page or help with homework, it could be anything. Help without expectations. I feel this is a little missing nowadays. Um, but anytime anyone asks me for help, there is never a hesitation. And there's never an expectation in return. It doesn't matter. So my thing is, and this is what I grew up with, even my mom, um, she always told us from when we were very, very young, I always heard her say, help people, because a lot of people helped me raise you. Uh, it was very difficult for her, but she was like, help people, pay it forward, you know? And so that's what I would say, just, uh, help every opportunity you can because it is so important and you never know. Uh, it might be something very tiny time from you, but it could truly make such an impact on certain people. Incredible. Even say something nice to people, you may change their lives. Uh, they may not be hearing it from, you know, just be kind and help. That's what I would say. Be part of the army of angels that help. That's right. So you will be part of that army. Uh, thank you, Suzanne. 
Nicely done. Nicely done. We look forward to seeing you on our next episode of Seeds, Soil, and Sprouts. What's growing and how can you grow as an entrepreneur? Let's mitigate the risk and do it together.